0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the pod. Um It's been a tough week for for the basketball team in Philadelphia.
1: <laughs> it, uh, figured we'd get the ranting out of the way early, but... Yeah, let's
0: is, get mad for like 15 minutes and then we can talk it, about actual real sports.
1: It is yeah, real hoops, but real. it is it has not been a week to be a <laughs> fan of the Sixers, man. It's been really rough.
0: Um... It's been like major yikes. So so to recap, um they played the Suns, the Bucks, and the Pistons, and they lost all three games. <laughs> Which what I like to call the Dark River special.
1: Uh, the disaster class really has shown, especially the game against the Pistons. That was uh one of the most I didn't poorly even watch it was one of the more poorly coached games I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. Um there are a lot of factors into why into why this keeps happening. Um what do you think the biggest issue is?
1: I think the biggest issue is not James Harden like Doc Rivers tried to say it was. Uh I don't think the biggest issue is even like Tobias Harris not being an NBA player. It's just we have a bench that scores eight points we have a coach that puts out questionable rotations i'll say questionable at best and then he we can have go a, a little
0: bit meaner than we questionable. we we, we,
1: have, we have horrible rotations there yeah there you but go we have a coach who seemingly seemingly is uh really riding the deandre jordan and paul Millsap train when that is just cl- so clearly not working and Today you saw, uh, for anybody who was hoping that maybe next Sixers game, Paul Reed would have played, uh, he's now a blue coat. So make of that what you will, but what I'm going to make it seem like it, it doesn't make sense because it ruins the only chance we really had to back up five.
0: Um, Is, is Bassey still here or did he go back to Delaware? I think
1: he might have gone back too.
0: Oh my God. Um. Okay, so here, here is the biggest issue that I am seeing is I think it's time for Doc to go.
1: <laughs> okay, no. By the way, Bassie is still up. It was Charlie Brown that went back down.
0: Interesting. Um, it kind of feels like the wheels are sort of falling off a little bit, and this yeah. is like the worst time that it could be happening because there are literally six games left until the playoffs. start. <laughs> and God. um the fact that we have what like the easiest schedule
1: Yeah, like the rest one of the of games if and, not one of if not the easiest.
0: And there's still a chance that we could end up like 5 or 6 seed, like this is very bad.
1: I mean, it was a uh, it was a fun like two days that we held the one seed. That was nice. That was that was an enjoyable <laughs> it's time. It's still
0: close, like the Sixers are two and a half games out of first place. Anything could happen, but it seems like it's trending downwards.
1: Yeah, trending downwards is an understatement. I think we are nosediving. <laughs> but uh, we it just kind of seems like, in my opinion, we haven't had a statement win all season. I was just talking to you about this earlier.
0: Yeah. We haven't really had
1: a statement win. We've had so many chances to do so. Like the Suns beating a team that's already at like 61 wins would have been insanity. But mm-hmm. we could have won that game. We didn't. We 1,000% could have won the Bucks game. But, but we didn't. As you can see, we didn't. Uh, the Pistons is not a that's... team that you should be seeing an L next to the Sixers name in the in the win column. You should not be seeing an L next to that, but no, we lost that game. It just seems like we are a team of statement losses and not statement wins, which if you want to go anywhere past round one in the playoffs, that is not ideal conditions. In no, and
0: it, it seems like the majority of the games that the team has lost, even throughout the season, like against big teams has always been, oh, like, they have a shot to win. They're up by 10, maybe by halftime. And then the in- inevitable fourth quarter collapse comes. Draws on the bench for too long. Some weird combination of bench players is out there. And it it seems like the same thing keeps happening again and again and again. And no one wants to take accountability for it. And there's one very specific person that I'm referencing yep and it's not just who
1: refused to take accountability for somebody else or refused to make somebody else take accountability last season but it seems like with a superstar number two on the Sixers he is throwing him under the bus uh bad mouthing him essentially to media which led to the report that came out today that there are some I think it's all uh Sixers (laughs) players that Aren't sold on him, uh, the coach. So
0: it's been an interesting week because a few days ago, Joel kind of came out after the Bucks game and was like, "I was on the bench for too long. Like there were some lineups that you know led Giannis to score like twelve straight on Paul Millsap, which (laughs) just everything combined together feels it's not the best way to end out the season and I know we've had a lot of of situations to deal with a lot of you know issues but yeah it's those issues are
1: gone now like it's not a problem it's not like in the grand scheme of things they're not gone but bottom dollar they're like he's not our issue anymore he is a whole nother issue now we have another organization And now we have like six more.
0: <laughs> I mean the bench thing has always been an issue since like
1: that was the glaring 18- all year.
0: Yeah, since eight, like, Um if you guys follow Trill Bro Dude on Twitter, I was listening to his pod earlier today and he said this team is kind of reminding him of like the 1819 run that we had. That was like mm-hmm. the vibes aren't great and then towards the end of the season it's kind of falling off and then you you have this glaring issue that with without Embiid on the floor there's no reliable backup center.
1: Yeah, with without Embiid on the floor, obviously him being one of the three best players in the NBA this season, uh we were a play-in team at best. And the fact that it seems like Rivers is so like okay, With Embiid sitting on the bench for seven minutes, like in like the second quarter, is really eye-opening to uh I don't know. I don't know how else to put it other than to say to the fact that we need a new coach.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it's not just that. It's like and I know Clippers fans have been telling us for a while, and in the beginning, you know, you don't want to listen to another fan base who's like You know, like I'm telling you, like yeah, like watch out, and you're like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like it's the same thing with us and Nets fans, where we're telling them, like, listen, like this Ben dude, like yeah, he plays incredible defense and he can pass, like, but his offense is still a major liability, and they're like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. It's kind of like the same thing that goes on, but with with Doc, it's like, here's the issue that I have, and that I see, is that during games he follows a very strict rotation like it's like down to the minute right Joel Mm -hmm. will play the entire first quarter he'll sit out for half of the second quarter come back in around six seven minutes and then it's the same thing in, in the second half and every single game it's the same thing he does not make any adjustments according to the game that they're playing and then there's no game plan that like if things go this way, then, hey, we need to put Joel back in. We need to put this guy back in. He will do the same thing over and over again. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, as we've seen in the past week, the Suns <laughs> game, the Bucks game. Losing to the Pistons has completely broken me as a human being.
1: <laughs> like, I, uh, I think I saw a meme somewhere on Twitter that was like, hey, Doc, we're down, we're by seven. Joel should come back in. It was like, no, it's not the seven minute mark yet. It's like, it's so sad how just accurate that is. Like you tweeted earlier, uh, after the game, how all you can do is laugh. It's and I know hilarious. we talked it's about like, that at this point. I, I, I'm at the point of I don't care, because I was telling Duani this earlier that this is like the Phillies in September. It's bound to happen the last 14 games of the year. We will suck. We will be terrible. And what's that going to lead to? It's going to lead to us being bad in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Because the Phillies always have their September collapse, which leads to us missing the playoffs. The Sixers always have their late March, early April collapse, which leads to us losing in the second round or the first round. It is clockwork year in and year out. And it's never going to get better until we get a competent person Drawing the X's and O's. Literally
0: anyone but, but Doc. Anyone. Like, put Zag Brader in for coach and we're winning 50 <laughs> games.
1: Like, let let Duane Soraya coach this team and we're winning a chip. I, I feel like... I know... I want to say that we're, like, undermining the difficulty of being an NBA coach. But there's sometimes I look at it and I'm like, there is no way it can be this hard to do something. Because... Like,
0: stagger... What- Stagger one of of Tyrese, Joel, James, or Tobias. You have four players that you can stagger, but he still refuses to do that, and he's putting all bench lineups when we're down ten and expects something miraculous to happen. (laughs) How many times you have to see the same thing happen again and again, and you're still not blaming yourself? You're still not holding yourself accountable. Like in the post game, he was like, "It wasn't the bench's fault that they weren't scoring." Like it was like. I know that quote was kind of taken out of context, but you still can't say that.
1: No, like the bench scored eight points. That is their fault. That is because they are bad basketball players, <laughs> yeah. at least at the NBA level. They're just they're bad. But you're blaming a top like 10 player in the world for doing that, because like you said, that quote may have been taken slightly out of context, but he still said it's not really the bench. It was James. What do you mean it was James?
0: (laughs) Which is funny because literally the game before, he was like, James needs to be more aggressive and take more shots.
1: And then he took more shots and he's like, well, he took too many shots. Bro, you can't expect a player like James Harden to find some happy medium. You either need to let him have a green light or give him a red light, give him like multiple stop signs in front of his face. (laughs) You can't expect him to have a happy medium, especially at this late part of the season where he's like on 5% and he's coasting through until the playoffs start yeah you can't just want him to be more aggressive then get mad when he's aggressive and, it's just like that's the reason people are out on you i said like three episodes ago how much of a doc rivers truther i was because i felt like Zach he didn't is a his,
0: complete one eighty.
1: like i've this this feels like ben all over again dude because yeah. i feel like like it was like I was like oh well he doesn't get the respect he deserves when he actually like makes great late game adjustments I know our friend Stark was like this too with me because him and I talked about it this this morning <laughs> but I I can't defend it anymore there's nothing yeah. to defend you're playing DeAndre Jordan and Paul Millsap over Paul Reed and I know Paul Reed isn't some amazing NBA player but he is good at what he can do at the backup five we saw that the first like three games after harding got traded after drummond and them got traded Mm. reed was was carrying the bench at the center spot and you just go away from that it makes no sense
0: i don't know what his obsession is with playing old washed up players in the backup c but it is not working and it hasn't been working so why why are we why do we keep doing it like the the first oh, what was it like the first time we played the Bucks, they put uh Paul Reed in to defend Giannis, and Giannis yeah. shot like four of ten, four of eleven or something. Like he was locking Giannis up. He was playing great defense. He was like, he okay. This is the issue, the main issue also that I see with the Sixers is we don't have anyone who can make hustle plays like an Alex Caruso or like someone who has high energy who will run across the court and get the ball. Like the only person I've seen. Do that is Joel Embiid. And he should not be doing that. He is seven feet. Seven foot two. (laughs) He has the worst knees in the entire league and he is the one diving for loose balls. Like, as a team, how are you not embarrassed by that?
1: It's despicable.
0: It's at this point. Do you remember that one Miami Heat game where there was a loose ball, and Joel literally dove for it. And there were four Heat players surrounding him, and Joel yep. was trying to get the ball out to someone. And the the rest of the guys were just like standing by the three point line, not moving.
1: Yeah, that's a very uh, that's a very memed picture now too, because it's like, would anybody else guard your center like that on the perimeter? No, they wouldn't.
0: <laughs> it's just like, like the vibe. Bot- <laughs> I hate to I, use the term vibe.
1: I think the other teams can also kind of realize how Joel's the only one who tries at times, and that's why you that's get That's why there's four like defenders that.
0: on him at yeah, all times. Yeah, that's why you get situations know, like that. They know his teammates are going to do anything. They're just going to stand like, around hoping and waiting that Joel passes on the ball. It's like, dude, you can move. You know that. Like, you have like, legs. Real,
1: real talk, you you think you're ever going to see, like, I don't know, Matisse Dybul running after a loose ball like that? When he is like a foot shorter, almost when he's like seven inches shorter than Joel, you're not going to see him diving (laughs) after a ball like that.
0: So the reason I brought that up is, is because Paul Reed is one of those types of players. Like, yes, he hustles and he hustles hard. He's going for the, for the loose ball. He's going for the offensive rebound. He's going for the defensive rebound. That's the type of energy we need, especially when Doc throws in his all bench lineups and just expects magic to happen. It's not going to happen. You need to adjust your team. Please, I am begging you. But there is not enough time left, so now it's to a point where I hope we lose in the first round so we can get a new coach.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like... I I'm, don't
0: think it's happening this year.
1: I think I'm... uh I get to this point every sixer season where I'm like, whatever, we're not winning the championship, so whenever they lose, they lose. Uh But yeah, I think it's definitely at least conference finals are bust for doc to have a chance to stay. And I mean, a chance
0: like less, less
1: than 50, 50. I'm giving bro a 20% chance. (laughs) If we make the conference finals,
0: I just to wrap up the Sixers talk, because I don't want to talk about this anymore. We have more important and real sports to talk about, but
1: don't care enough to talk about it anymore. (laughs)
0: Listen, the way that things have kind of gone on in the past week, I don't think Joel's winning MVP. He may not get the scoring title. So now no. it's like, for, this is how I see it, right? There is about six or seven games left. You make it into the playoffs, get bounced in the first, second round, whatever. Take that time, figure out what this team needs. And that goes for everyone, not just the players, not just the coaches, but the entire organization as a whole right? The clock is ticking. Here's what I have to say. The clock is ticking. Joel's not getting any younger. James Harden isn't getting any younger. James Harden is also a free agent this summer. So the way that Doc has been kind of treating him in the last few games is making me a little nervous, I'm not gonna lie.
1: I uh I said to you and I's group chat a few hours ago, or it might have just been a text to Stark when we were complaining about Doc, but uh I said yeah, I said completely throwing Harden under the bus last night, bro. This is going to make James Harden want to leave Philly.
0: <laughs> if he leaves, we are astronomically We're
1: cooked. screwed. We, we just... are down bad, cooked, overheated, burnt. If We're that out happens,
0: <laughs> Joel, request a trade. Go in a chip somewhere because... This is a very doom and gloom episode. I apologize. I'm just like, (laughs) I'm just, it's just been such a high, low kind of season. Like we started off and it was like, oh, whatever. Like Ben's not playing, like whatever. We're 500, maybe next year. And then Joel ramped his play up in December. He was averaging like 30 points a game for like a whole month. It was incredible. Then, you know, it was like, oh, are we going to get harder and trade Ben? Whatever. That happened. And then, and we talked about this in the episode when they traded for Harden. I was like, this is kind of like the honeymoon phase. Like, oh, everything's going well. Like, we're winning games, whatever. And now it's like, damn.
1: Yeah, that, that was the very first episode of this podcast. <laughs> and look at where we are now. This is what being a Philly fan does to a man and a woman. <laughs> it, I'm getting gray hairs. I'm getting wrinkles. Dude,
0: I actually found a gray hair last week, and I had a mental breakdown. <laughs>
1: <laughs> getting old yeah getting yeah old. come on come on doc tawani's not getting any younger either come i'm on. not
0: getting any younger either i'm gonna have a heart attack at 24
1: <laughs> yeah let's uh let's let's want well, some good news basketball. let's uh, uh let's go to real hoops <laughs> with football but uh if this, you've
0: noticed sex jer- this this truck this
1: no this is a jersey this chuck oh. benaric jersey is a. Little hint at what we're speaking about now, but the if you're listening on Eagles, audio,
0: Zach is wearing a Kelly Green Eagles jersey. I'm
1: wearing a 1960 Chuck Bednarik jersey, but so Jeffrey Lurie announced a few days ago, just a few days back, that uh the Eagles will be bringing back their infamous Kelly Green jerseys in 2023 if he cannot find a way to allow the NFL to use three helmets this season, but uh. So, Kelly Green will be coming back in 2023. Eagles fans have been asking for this for years. It's just the NFL had some stupid helmet rule, so you couldn't wear it. But uh, this is some of the cleanest, especially the 80s versions with the Randall Cunningham and Mike Quick, all that era and stuff. But they are some of the cleanest jerseys the NFL has ever seen.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I am begging J- <laughs> Jalen Hurts to uh, play as well as he can this season so that he can stick around for next season and and see him and Smith wearing these. But yeah. uh, on top of that, I've been wanting this for years, too. But again, the helmet rule disallowed it. Uh, the Eagles will be wearing black helmets with the black alternate jerseys, which I think are the cleanest jerseys in football.
0: That's going to be so hard.
1: That is going to be chills. <laughs>
0: Major, like, generational chills.
1: Like, if you see, uh, you ever watch an Eagles game and they're wearing the black jerseys, you know they're hard. You know those jerseys go crazy. And especially if they pull out like a matte black helmet or something with it, like, you can't tell me. You can't tell me black Black would be
0: insane. I don't think think they'd go that route. It might be gloss black. But if you're
1: watching on video, you can't tell me like these jerseys aren't insane. This is my old Brian Westbrook jersey from. Years ago, that I found at a Goodwill for $2. But that, there's some of the, the Eagles have some of the best colors in the NFL. I think the midnight greens are insanely good as well, mm-hmm. like what we wear now. And the white jerseys are so clean, especially the white on white. But man, Kelly Green coming back in black helmets is so, Jalen Hurts is going to look so good with these. <laughs> <laughs> jalen hurts throwing down appreciation mirror. pod i i might be top three jalen hurts appreciators in, in in the human you race you and
0: aiden are top one
1: me, me and aiden are top one and two we're one a <laughs> and one b but so the eagles are gonna look better than usual uh obviously an exciting season coming up with the additions of reddick and stuff like that like we already spoke about um uh, other eagles related news uh malcolm jenkins hung up the cleats uh, a few days ago as well yeah he's officially retired so he is an eagles legend i'm not sure eagles won't retire his jersey but it might be like an unofficial type nobody wears 27 for a while type thing Mm -hmm. uh but so obviously wish him the best with or whatever he does now uh he helped us immensely win a ring and have, I think, the best defense in the NFL that season in 2017. So that's another guy that he'll never have to pay for a beer when he comes to Philly <laughs> ever. And uh Zach's Jason Kelsey. cost Whoa. his
0: beers for the rest of his career. Zach no, he, told me this.
1: Yeah, like I look, I, I don't drink or anything like that. I'm a good boy. I'm straight edge. <laughs>
0: yeah, he, he drinks slushies when it's twenty degrees outside.
1: I'm a slushy addict, all right. I'm not afraid to admit that. They're 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 chills. <laughs>
0: but, yeah, literally,
1: literally chills. But if I am 21 and I see Malcolm Jenkins in a bar, I am making him have the time of his life. Uh, I'll do the same with Jason Kelsey if this is his last season coming through. I, so. I think
0: it might be, which is kind of sad, but
1: I think I I thought he was going to retire after last season, but I think it's definitely Kelsey's last year. This year, which is that jersey better be retired, because yeah. he's best yeah. center in Eagles history, bona fide first ballot Hall of Famer, been the best center in football, or at least top two or three his entire career, almost. So we're nearing an end of an era with football, and we are beginning a new one with the Phils.
0: Phils so Dinger season!
1: Duani won't be able to make it, but... I will be attending opening day with one of my close friends named Austin. So Austin, when you listen to this, shout out to you. I'm excited to see you on Friday, but that's a week from today. Wow. But,
0: I mean, Zach and I are going to a game, but I-, I can't talk about that right now, I think.
1: Yeah, we can't talk about that yet, but me and Duani will be at a Phil's game very soon. Yeah. Uh, and so opening day it will be my first opening day that I've ever attended. Ever? It'll be my first I've ever gone to. Dang. so i am incredibly gonna... excited we, who,
0: who are they who are they playing
1: it's uh against the oakland athletics so like i said a few episodes ago there's a little bit of history there because yeah. uh, obviously previously philadelphia athletics uh so i will be going to that i'll be sitting in the rooftop bleachers behind the liberty right underneath the liberty bell first time ever sitting there it's just they were the cheapest seats in the house <laughs> uh, i still paid 35 bucks for those seats so not it's not like they, not it's bad. not like they were too cheap but uh that's a fire fleece headband giveaway on that day. And then you better
0: cop some.
1: I know a couple of friends going on opening night, which is uh, Saturday's game. So that will be an MV3 shirt giveaway, which if anyone gets one, I will pay you for it. Please get me one.
0: <laughs> Plug your size.
1: <laughs> uh, if anyone gets an XL or a X, just slide it my way.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I'm. I said this to Zach earlier, but I think this summer definitely gonna get into the Phillies a bit more i I'm trying to expand like my sports fandom, I guess like f one has kind of been a recent development like in the past year. I started watching moto g p which is kind of like the motorcycle version, which is mm-hmm. insane, like you must watch I think the season just started like two races ago, but the angle that they turn. It's insane. Like I
1: It's kind of scary.
0: It really is. And like right before they turn, they kind of put their one of their legs up cuz they're like prepping yeah. to go like at like what angle is that even? I don't even know. Like but
1: 80 degree, like 70, 65 degrees. Something
0: insane. It's so much fun. You guys should definitely like watch I mean watch F1 first obviously because we're going to get into that pretty soon. Yeah i'm gonna i'm starting to make zach an f1 fan
1: yeah i uh if anyone is on ps5 and has ea play uh the f1 2021 game it might be 2022 but i don't think that came out yet Mm -mm. uh f1 2021 is free if you have ea play which is just like five dollars a month so i went and got that so it's a pretty fun game it's helping me learn the rules of the sport more (laughs) Uh, It's an easy game, so (laughs) but it's helping me learn the rules of the sport, so I'll be able to like kind of understand if I decide to watch a race, which I probably will.
0: I mean, I'm going to force you to. What is that next week? Next weekend.
1: Okay, they will be in
0: Australia, but for us, it'll be Saturday night. I think it's like a 1 a.m. race for Eastern. My Eastern people i'll standard. be awake <laughs> yeah but like i'll be awake I- i've been getting some of our friends aiden and stark i mean jordan obviously he he's british so he's been an f1 fan with me for a bit but i've gotten aiden and stark into it we were watching qualifying in the race last weekend they yeah yo, <laughs> they were getting into it they were so excited i think the yeah, first stark race was- that
1: Blowing <laughs> yes. the group chat up with that. I was just trying to have a nice round of golf at the golf club that I work at. And I just keep seeing, whoa, they're going fast.
0: <laughs> Listen, F1, I think this is the per if you are trying to get into F1, this is the perfect season to get into it. There's a bunch of different new rules, new cars. The the hierarchy of the teams that have been leading in the past is kind of switched up now. Like Mercedes has been dominating for, like, eight years. But now they, they've been kind of, they got kind of screwed by the new rules. I don't think they've gotten to that development yet.
1: Ferrari on top, brother. Ferrari. on right. top. That's right.
0: The Charles and <laughs> Claire is winning the Drivers' Championship. But it, it's been pretty exciting. I know, like, I've been telling Zach about, like, the different races, like, the two ones. Um, I think you're kind of getting into it now a little bit.
1: Yeah, definitely more than the past 2 weeks of episodes.
0: I'm forcing you to watch stuff, that's why. But like how how does the game like help you learn about it a bit more?
1: Oh, uh well, like I said it just kind of helps you learn the rules. You start to learn drivers because, you know, I'm obvi- they're obviously always behind me. So Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh yeah, so you, so you can learn the rules. You can learn why caution flags go out and stuff like that. You can learn, like, different track names. So I know I, the one that they're playing, playing the one that they're racing at in Australia uh, next week, that's one of the ones that I was doing in my career mode. So I'll, like, recognize the track. Now you'll have the
0: knowledge before the race starts.
1: Yeah, so I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember uh, crashing at that turn. But
0: <laughs> it's... It, oh. It's been like the season so far has been very interesting to say the least, like in the we haven't done an episode in a while, so obviously I'm gonna talk about the first two races, but the first race, um I think Stark and Aiden were watching it with me or not. I don't remember, but mm-hmm. the funniest thing happened in the last few laps, <laughs> and if Zach remembers this i was I was ecstatic. As we all know, yeah. I'm not the biggest Red Bull racing fan. I respect them as drivers.
1: That My shelf team... that's right behind her is absolutely stocked with Red Do Bulls not... Hey, way. hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Relax. Zach, not you, Zach, but Zach from Red Bull, if you're watching this, don't listen to him. I love your product. Thank you. They, Good they... name. Yeah, right? They They gave Good me name. this a few weeks ago. That was, like, before our West Coast road trip. Haven't opened yet, but. (laughs) Anyways, as I, listen. The drink Red Bull and Red Bull Racing are two completely different things. I can slander Red Bull Racing, okay? The funniest thing happened. They were, like, I want to say second. They were between second, third, and fourth place, I think. And Ferrari was leading, obviously, because they're the best team right now. So Let's true. So true. But it was like the last lap or something and Max was complaining to his race engineer on the radio and he was like, "Yo, what's wrong with the battery?" And they were like, "Nothing, like just keep going." He was like he was like whining on radio, of course. Sorry. Mm-hmm. If anyone's a Max fan, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean yes. to slander him. It was just really funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, Joel. But yeah. If you want to if, if slander Joel's favorite driver, then be my guest, I guess.
0: Maybe I will. Which I am.
1: You got but it, Anyways,
0: <laughs> he was complaining that something to his battery was like an issue, and then his car just stopped working <laughs> in like the last <laughs> two laps, and he was out of the race. And then, all the attention is on Checo, who's the other Red Bull racing driver, and it's like, the last two laps i think and i should get this out and say lewis hamilton isn't having a great start like mercedes car is like pretty trash and yeah. he started from like p10 or like p15 or something he made his way back up to like p4 p5 and then max went out of the race and then in one of the corners of the circuit lewis is behind checo checo's engine stops It turns on the racetrack. He does a little little spinny move, (laughs) and Lewis overtakes him. He gets P3 in the first race, and I'm like, damn. But they fixed the issue. They're doing well again. But it's been a very hectic start to this season, but I'm very excited.
1: If you didn't say, if you said this to me earlier about a new companies potentially coming in, what was it, Audi and Porsche?
0: Yeah, so so um, Volkswagen, who is like the parent company of, of Audi and Porsche. So this is the other thing I wanted to talk about, is that obviously within Formula One, you need to have a, a pretty big budget to compete. And within the budget comes stakeholders. And if you're not providing great results, your stakeholders are going to look for different options um to make sure that you're getting decent results so the the biggest news around f1 um is that audi is um preparing to or i don't know if they did already but they're offering to buy out mclaren and if you don't know mclaren is like a very historic team within formula one like Mm -hmm. that was lewis hamilton's first team and then he switched over to mercedes but Historically, McLaren has been a great racing team. So, for McLaren to get bought out by Audi, and I don't know if this impacts the name or like if Audi just becomes a sponsor or something, but I think the offer is around here. I'm gonna look it up. five hundred and fifty-six million dollars.
1: Chump change.
0: <laughs> um. So, if that happens, that's gonna be a pretty huge deal. Yeah. Um and then for Porsche, I think I don't think they're buying out Red Bull. I think it's more going to be like a sponsorship sponsorship thing. Um but that won't be until for for a few years. But that's going to be interesting like the way Formula 1 works is obviously you have a team but to stay afloat. And and I don't know if I've said this before, but in Formula 1 teams like you build your own car. Like each team builds their own car. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the budget, if you don't have the money, then you're not going to have, you know, the assets that you need to build a car that will actually be good on the racetrack, which is why big name brands like Ferrari, Mercedes, Red Bull have been dominating for so many years is because they have that kind of budget for McLaren, though, you would think that a company as big as McLaren would have the budget <laughs> to be able to put into their cars and make sure that it's a good race car, but they have been struggling lately. It is not the, the the best thing for them, and I was wrong in, in the first two episodes where I said Ferrari and McLaren were going to be the top teams. I was right about one of them. But You're cooked.
1: I'm You're cooked. cooked, pal.
0: Um, but the other thing that we also want to talk about is that F one is creating a third race, in in the states. Ooh. So, the first one is in Miami, which is in May, and the second one is going to be in Austin, Texas. And now they're introducing a Vegas night race. I think it's probably going to look fun. That's
1: that's probably going to look so cool.
0: Yeah, it's probably going to look dope. so
1: cool under nights.
0: Especially because it's like the like the main. I don't know what it's called, like the main street in Vegas. the Vegas Strip. The,
1: the Strip, yeah.
0: Yeah, the Boulevard, whatever it's called. That'll be interesting because it, it'll be like the first. Because I know Miami and Austin are like like legit racetracks, like circuits.
1: But this and is Ve- like real street.
0: Street racing, yeah. But the the thing that's been kind of controversial, and I'm going to ask you about this, is that there's been a lot of international F1 fans who have been kind of pissed. That uh, Formula One is creating a third race in America. I want to get your opinion on that. How do you feel about three races?
1: I mean, they're they're so far apart. Like, who cares? You got people over in Europe and stuff. You get the rest of them. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Let us it, have something. Who cares, dog?
0: <laughs> damn, it, you're gonna get them triggered. It's. Like, it, I mean, it's true. Like in Europe, like you can cross countries within like two hours and like that's where the majority of like f1 races are but for my miami austin and vegas are so far apart it's kind of funny how how angry they are but like from a business side
1: yeah a lot of european a lot of european countries especially tend to really forget how massive the united states is Mm -hmm. like how the state of texas can cover a good part of the eu <laughs> uh, when you do those like matchups, where if you take the sizes and match them up, how like Alaska almost covers up Europe, <laughs> like entirely, <laughs> oh my- like that whole section of it, you forget yeah. how far apart these places are from each other. Like mm-hmm. Florida to Texas is a multiple hour flight, like not yeah, not even drive. It, it is flight. not a, not just a multiple hour drive. It is multiple hour flight, and let alone Vegas to Florida, Yeah. that is that is a trip. That is, you have to spend a couple nights in a hotel to make it worth your while, because <laughs> that is like a six-hour flight.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like the culture in each of the three cities is so different too. Like, it's not going to oh, be yeah. the same thing across Vegas Miami. Is, Ve- I mean, Miami and Vegas—you kind they're of understand. Similar. They're they're yeah. party
1: they're party places, but even Vegas isn't really parties. Vegas is just go there and spend your life savings. And Vegas come out is with kind nothing. of like
0: <laughs> the American version of Monaco
1: yeah yeah (laughs) vegas is the gambling capital of america obviously yeah Uh, and then miami's probably party capital of america Mm -hmm. and And then then, austin
0: is kind of like the. and
1: then you got got austin texas which is just (laughs) hoedown capital of america (laughs) it's just why they're like three different countries
0: (laughs) yeah at this point i mean as americans obviously we say this but a lot of the different sections of america are very different not just culturally but you know like there's just a different vibe in each of them but the other thing i was going to also say is that i know a lot of people are angry because it kind of seems like f1 is kind of playing to more money like they were upset like just like random fans that i've seen on twitter they're they're kind of upset that F1 is kind of getting rid of the historical tracks to say like the French Grand Prix
1: and replacing
0: Mm -hmm. it with Vegas. And it's kind of like, well, what about the history? It's like F1 is kind of trying to market towards America now because they know how influential it can be. Like they've obviously, they've ticked the boxes on, on Europe, Middle East, like all the other different countries, but they weren't able to get, the response that they wanted in America until like the last few years. And I think now they're like, oh, like we can we can do something. Like mm-hmm. introducing Miami, I think is good. And then Vegas obviously I think it's a good way to start getting more American fans into F1.
1: Yeah. Getting uh getting your sport to be popular in America is unlocks a whole nother realm of money making for your business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, because if Americans are into a sport, um oh, wow, we are. We will waste every ounce of money we have to hard. watch the sport.
0: Yeah, I mean, I understand that F one tickets aren't aren't necessarily the cheapest. I get that, but think about um, gambling, betting,
1: <laughs> yeah. merch,
0: and there is an American F one team. In case you weren't aware, it's Haas. Yeah, they so they're you- okay. If, like you stick to your, uh, if you want
1: to stick to your, if you want to stick to your country roots, just root for those guys, I guess.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's easier to root for Haas now because I'm not going to bring it up, but
1: <laughs>
0: they they got rid of a certain they got rid of a certain someone and replaced them with a fan favorite, K Mag Kevin Magnuson, and then obviously Mick Schumacher, who is Michael Schumacher's mm-hmm. son. Um, so that's a nice little legacy thing. But you know what? They've got race pace this year, dude. I'm not going to lie. The house has been looking pretty good. I mean, they've been trash for a few years, but maybe they've cracked the code. They're like middle pack around.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to cut you off with F1 there because we have fills to talk about.
0: Oh, word.
1: But Because uh, we really only touched on the opening day and uh, Some the fact that we were news. going to a game. But... uh. There was a few more transactions that went down. Um, uh, Yeah, so Luke Williams was traded to the Giants after getting DFA'd. And then uh, Adam Hazley was traded to the Chicago White Sox for uh, McKinley Moore, right-handed pitcher. Uh, So that's two at least luke williams is a fan favorite obviously his entire like lineage came out to games last season when he <laughs> first came up and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh obviously he hit a walk-off bomb for i think was his first major league hit so that's that's said my dad actually has a broken bat from luke williams when he was in double a it uh landed about one foot to the right of my dad so he has this Damn. much of a baseball bat from luke williams just sitting in a case did he get like a
0: glass display case or something
1: yeah, we got like one of the we got one of those like plastic tubes that mm-hmm. you have for him. And uh and then Adam Hazley, obviously he took I think most of if not all of last season off for what seemed to be mental health issues. So mm-hmm. I hope a change of scenery is what he needed to get to get better because I think he has a lot of talent that he hasn't unlocked yet. But then just a couple other things like Kyle Dowie officially being called back up to the major league roster. And uh, Jorge Bonifacio, who played one game last season, came back on a minor league deal. Uh, so, obviously, opening day, one week from today, it'll be six days from when you guys are listening to this. That's and good. then uh, this doesn't sound the best in terms of keeping it like co- politically correct, but in somewhat good news for the Phillies, at least for the division rankings, uh, Jacob deGrom will not be playing for a while. Uh, for the Mets <laughs> but J- Jacob deGrom is the best pitcher in baseball there's no doubt about that there's not really anybody that's close to him he no. is a generational talent that you hate to see get hurt so but he will not be starting opening day for the Mets and it seems like his injury issues keep keep piling on at year after year so you might be seeing the nearing the end of him but
0: that's and
1: then so I think I want to say that Aaron Nola's going to start opening day like he usually does. If it was up to me, it would be Zach Wheeler, because I think Zach Wheeler has far and away proven that he is, yeah, Nola's already announced as the opening day starter. But uh, Wheeler's the best pitcher on the team. Wheeler was a top, like, four pitcher in baseball last year. Mm -hmm. So I think they're just doing it for tradition's sake at this point to keep Nola as the opening day starter. Whatever, I don't care that much. But... So we have that to look forward to. Ranger Suarez made his first start of the spring today in a loss against the Orioles. But two players that I want to talk about for how unbelievable they have been this spring is Bryson Stott, who I've met Bryson a few times. He's a great dude, right? Mm -hmm. But he is batting 522 in the spring so far. One home run, three RBIs, one point three four six OPS in twenty three at bats, so he has been cooking in spring training. (laughs) Dang! And actually, there's a third player that I want to talk about. We can even make it four, but
0: we can make another one. uh...
1: (laughs) So this is something that I've been waiting for for years since 2016. I think
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Mickey Moniak is finally looking like he might be able to contribute a lot to the team. Uh, he was the first overall pick in 2016 by the Phillies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he made his debut in 2020. He never really looked like he was good at all at the major league level, but this spring he's batting 269 and 26 at bats, which whatever batting average doesn't matter unless it's really high, but <laughs> he he has, I think the second most home runs on the team with this spring with three, and he has six RBIs with the 1000 OPS. So he is only losing to Bryce Harper in terms of the home runs and the pop in Moniac's bat. The pop in Moniac's bat has never been something that everybody could doubt, but it had, it's been lacking when he came up to the major league level. So it's looking like this season, he might be able to be a decent power threat for the Phillies, which that is something that we we don't need, but I'm fine with more power.
0: (laughs) We want all the firepower,
1: but, uh, and then along with that, Alec Bohm hit a nuke today. Now, I mean, this ball was hit loud and far uh, for his, I believe, first home run of the spring where he's not having the greatest spring. He had a really bad year last year. Um, yeah. But he bet two for three today with an RBI and a home run. And I think if if Boehm can just maybe be a DH on days that Schwarber is not being DH. Mm-hmm he will be fine because we know the kid can hit. He just can't field. Or even if you want to test him out in left field or something like that, give him something easier to do. Boehm is fighting for his spot on the roster at this point because I think coming into the offseason before the lockout, he was public enemy number one to get traded. Yeah,
0: definitely saw a lot of tweets about that.
1: All signs are pointing to him, hopefully turning it around this season and being as good as he was in 2020 because he bat like 334 for that season, which was his rookie year. So he was insane. And then uh, lastly, Didi Gregorius, who I don't think last season I enjoyed watching a player less in my life than I enjoyed watching DD Gregorius. <laughs> yeah. Like this, I'm going to make a complete 180 by the end of the sentence. But last season, Whenever I would be at a game, and I went to a lot of them last year. I went to eight or nine Phillies games. When DD would come up, I would either go to the bathroom or go get a drink (laughs) or go get a bucket of crab fries from Chickie and Pete's. (sighs) Or I would look at my friends and I'd go, all right, so who do they got coming up next inning? Because this is going to be the third out, or this is going to ground into a double play. It was horrid to witness. But then this spring, Didi decides to come out. He's hitting the ball well. He's hitting 240, which is a low batting average, but who who cares about batting average? But he has two home runs. He has an 816 OPS. He has four RBIs and 25 at-bats. So, And on defense, which was another huge concern for him because he might be the worst defender on the team,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, he made one of the best double plays you'll ever see last, uh, Wait, last afternoon. Wait, I think I saw
0: a clip of that. Was it like it, the double out?
1: Yeah, double play. So yeah, it, hit, it it hits off of Zach Eflin's glove. D.D. dives out for it, flips it to Segura at second, and he throws it to Hoskins at first to get the out. So that was, uh, that was just beautiful. a textbook six-four-three, and Hoskins ha- had no choice but to tip his cap to him. And if D.D. can just even be decent on defense and not uh, such a liability at both ends of the field, man. He is gonna finally be as good as he was for us in 2020 because I was so so high on him after that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then th- this goes without saying that Bryce Harper might repeat as MVP as well. He is batting 333 in the spring with a 1218 OPS, four home runs, seven RBIs. If you watch any of Bryce's home runs from this spring, they are going a mile out of the stadium. They I bones. it is like it is so satisfying to the ear to see how to hear how loud his home runs get.
0: Yeah. Because
1: I, I watched his home run that he had against the Blue Jays from a few days ago, and I laughed so hard about how <laughs> loud it was. And the Blue Jays announcer just goes, That one's gone. That has hit a long way. And it, it's ear piercing how hard this dude hits the ball. And it's so good. It's He's got so that muscle good.
0: strength, dude. It's oh, I can't so talk about it. see how Damn. hungry.
1: It's so good to see how hungry he still is after having best or second best year of his career, whichever way you want to slice it. He is clearly gunning for another MVP. He knows he can let loose at the plate because of how much more firepower we have in the lineup. And I think I can finally be confident that the Phillies should probably make a playoff appearance this season. Hopefully. Hopefully, if everything goes to plan, if Castellanos and Swarber continue to rake, if JT has another bounce back year, it's just all signs are pointing to Barrel Delphia right now. And all signs are pointing that whoever is in charge of ringing the Liberty Bell at Citizens Bank Park is in for such a long year (laughs) because they are going to be pressing the buttons. We need to get you that job, get dude. Get me that job. I'll live stream me pressing the buttons. <laughs> but that's all we really need to talk about with Phil's. It's. I am so excited to have baseball back. I think that's part of the reason these Sixers losses don't bother me anymore.
0: Yeah, F1 but, is back. Baseball is back. I don't care.
1: And when, when the Eagles come back in September, Sixers are cooked. I'm going to be so all in on both teams. <laughs> with the Phillies and the the Eagles, uh, my basketball watching will be minimal if they continue to be pissed poor. But
0: I don't think they will be. They, they have the talent. They just need to figure it out and get a new coach.
1: Yeah. Get Get a new coach is job. Number one.
0: Yes. And I think the biggest, uh, just to like wrap everything up, the biggest things that the Sixers need to do is get a new coach and get a reliable bench and yep. get a very, very reliable backup center. That's it. That's all dude, we need.
1: Like this is the last thing I'll say about Doc Rivers, but dude, I don't understand why you don't play Paul Reed. <laughs> he I hates don't, him. He I hates like,
0: all young players. Like, like this is Paul, a thing.
1: Doc has to have some dirt sheets on Paul Reed or something. Because <laughs> it's so nasty seeing him <laughs> not play. It <laughs> makes me wanna vomit.
0: He's playing washed-up DeAndre Jordan, who like, can't did, even catch the ball.
1: What did I say when we got DeAndre on pod? I said something like, just be good vibes and don't suck, and we'll love you. <laughs> He's been good vibes, but he sucks.
0: He It's so as, bad. As Trill would say, DeAndre Jordan is not an NBA player.
1: No. <laughs> they, they got Zach Brader running back up five out there. <laughs>
0: let's respect you okay like
1: like they have aiden doc running the floor
0: why are we disrespecting aiden
1: (laughs) but that that's that's enough of that for today i think we can go ahead and wrap up here so heads up hod will be bi-weekly from now on uh to lighten up the schedule and so that we'll have more news to talk about so that's why this episode is coming out two weeks after the last
0: yeah new Uh, strategy
1: hopefully next episode we can have a guest or two potentially yep
0: yeah, well, I'll also have some news to talk about after some art Duane,
1: stuff. Duani has some serious news to talk about.
0: Yeah, I cannot talk about it right now because it's in the works. But by the time the next episode comes out, you just all will keep
1: know. keep an eye on her Twitter. Keep yeah. an eye on it.
0: I mean, the new art series is already up, but this is something else, something exciting.
1: Yeah, the new art series is fire. The next art series is uh. It's it's better than Christmas, but
0: <laughs> I, I I send Zach all the sn- the little sneak peeks of what I'm doing. <laughs> His reactions are so funny.
1: We can't talk about the reactions. <laughs> we can't talk about them.
0: I'm not gonna mention it. But um, as always, thank you for listening.
1: Yep.
0: Um Sorry, this episode was a little pissy and a little angry, but we that's just it around. what that's we just
1: what.
0: I mean, the beginning was. Yeah. Just,
1: just blame Doc Rivers and move on. Doc fault.
0: I think that's generally what most of the fan base is at right now. Like, I don't know if you saw, but after the Sixers lost yesterday, I tweeted a picture of um how to enter witness protection.
1: <laughs> sick, sick in the head.
0: If this keeps happening, I am moving to like Wyoming or something, and you you will never hear from me again.
1: Oh, and before we go, uh, Tiger Woods is officially playing in the Masters, so anybody golf, who likes help. golf, watch it. The GOAT is back. Ti- ro- Tiger Woods money line all day.
0: <laughs> yeah, You get your last minute agendas in.
1: Yeah, but Tiger, Tiger Woods will be on, uh, I believe, the 5 p.m. start time is will be slotted at currently for the Masters. He hasn't officially announced if he's playing or not, but he walked all he 18 well and played. He played all 18 at Augusta just a few days ago, so uh the greatest to ever pick up a, a set of sticks is back so uh my agendas are thriving and uh hopefully by the next episode tiger woods will have won the masters so also or at least episode, made the cut
0: charles leclerc will be in the lead in the driver's championship
1: <laughs> we're so we're we're so sick <laughs> but yeah thank thank you for listening everybody i think we can wrap it up here
0: yeah um yeah thank you for listening make sure you subscribe to the pod whatever streaming platform that you use and follow our twitters and we'll see you in a few weeks